Good morning, everyone. I, I'm, we're looking at a sermon series about fear not, but I'm going to be asking for a little bit of engagement from you guys, so, so get ready. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm hopeful for getting everybody's uh, input on this. So my question to you this morning is, what role in the Christmas nativity drama would you prefer to play? So I'm going to have some pictures here. Go ahead and raise up your hand with your finger associated to what number of the role that you would like to be. Who, what role are you signing up for? What role would you prefer to, to play? Come on, everyone. I thank you. Come on, weigh in. Weigh in. All right. I, I'm, okay, a couple wise guys here. A couple of people wanting to be baby Jesus. I see you. I see you. But I'm also sensing some reluctancy that not everybody here said they wanted to be in a nativity play. Not everybody wanted to be in this idea of a drama. And Cheryl senses this when she's putting together the drama skits. There's some people that are for it, and there's some people that are adamantly against it. And I think it's associated with this fear that we have of what people think of us. And you know, as for myself, I have a history of these child dramas, of being in plenty of skits. Here we have me at about the age of four. You can see I've added some color to my beard over the, over the ages, but here I am as a shepherd. I don't, at six, I'm not a bad sheep. I, I, I played the role pretty well. And here I am at about eight, playing the role of Joseph. I think Mary was about 13. It was a little awkward to be married at the age of eight to a 13-year-old. But, you know, this idea of fearing what people think of you. And today, when it comes to the different roles that we play and the different fears that we face, I want to focus in on choosing Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be born in a manger, to live as a perfect example for us. He played the role perfectly. Thank you for his death on the cross, his resurrection. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that how he is with me and empowering me to be able to speak this morning. Help us with all of the busyness and the many different roles and the many different fears that we face this holiday season. Help us to choose Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so we're focusing in on the story of Joseph this morning. So, you know, uh, I'm using a lot of little people in my uh, slides today. I thought it would, the picture of it would be better than me holding those little figures up. So I hope you can see them a little better. But, but who, was, who was Joseph? And we're coming out of the, you know, we're going to be looking at the, the book of Matthew, and it starts off really painting the picture that, that Joseph was in the line of King David. And as a descendant of David, there's this whole like aura about a descendant of David. There was a promise to this 
to King, to King David, that there would be an heir on the throne that would reign forever. And at this time in history, there was no uh, King David heir on the throne. So there was a sense of kind of like a disappointment and confusion of, of what's going on here. So I think Joseph had to, to live with some of, of that in his background. We have him as the, the man that would be marrying Mary. He was a carpenter. He was viewed as a, a righteous man. He would go on to have additional children with Mary after um, Jesus was born. And the guy had a lot of interactions with angels. And he had a lot of, um, like almost like an immediate uh, obedience that he had after uh, these visitations from, from angels. So uh, he's quite the guy and uh, certainly someone to be able to take a closer look at. So here we are in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So again, this is the story of how Jesus was born. And it's really the, the focus that Matthew had here in his, in his gospel. His focus was on Jesus, but we get to see this, this story play out in jo uh, with Joseph's lives. We see the different kind of like roles that we have going on here. We see that, that, that Mary was going to be the mother of Jesus. And we had Joseph who was going to become married, but we don't really have this sense of him being a father, this whole idea of being kind of excluded from this whole thing. But the idea of marriage at this time of history, and you know, based on what we can tell by um, historic records of what marriage was like at this time, it was very much kind of an arranged uh, marriage, that the, the family of the groom would be selecting the future wife for their son. The men were about 16 to 18 years old, and the females about 12 to 14. So we're talking about some very young people here and some choices that were being made for them. And as a male, you were probably still living at home at this time, and you're kind of older in age, you're able to kind of like start your career, kind of start to kind of build some finances, but you're not quite expected to be outside the house just yet. And marriages kind of like took place in kind of like a multi-step uh, factor. And the first step was this idea of being betrothed. And it's similar to the idea of being engaged, but it was much more legally binding. You were viewed as husband and wife at this time, but you were not really together. You lived in, in your family's households, and there might not be much uh, interaction between the couple. This time lasted for about a year, and you know, to begin this proceedings, there would have been either a chain, uh, exchange of finances. Uh, the, the father of the, uh, of the groom, they would have to, uh, to pay like a bride, ta uh, a bride price, and the, 
bride's family would pay a dowry. So there's this idea of an exchange of finances and all kind of like to help the, the family get started. And when it came to this kind of uh, legal proceeding and exchange of, of finances, you know, at this point, if either one of them would die, they'd be considered either a widow or a widower. So it was much more than just our typical engagement, but it was not quite the marriage. The marriage kind of took place next. So it's coming together. And all of the idea of what we understand as marriage and a couple coming together, coming together. I'll leave it to that. <laughs> but we see different examples of, of, of marriages in the Bible. You have Jesus going to uh, a, a wedding, and that's where he performed his first um, miracle. And that was like a whole idea of a celebration. That was that second part, the actual marriage and, and, and celebrating it. Jesus also used a parable of, of, um, of, of multiple virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come. And that was the idea of before that wedding ceremony, the groom would come to get his bride and take him back to, to his house. And uh, kind of like the... The bridesmaids were all waiting in expectation for when, this, uh, when the groom was coming. So that's the idea that we have in, is what kind of Joseph had in mind. This is what he was preparing for. But he faced a major but in his life. Here we go back to Matthew chapter 1. But before they came together, before their marriage was consummated, Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. What? <laughs> this would have flipped Joseph's world upside down, dazed and confused. You know, Mary would have, you know, we have in, in Mary's story where she had was told by an angel that she was going to uh, have a baby conceived in her, and she goes and visits her cousin. And, you know, so there was this away time in her life while Joseph remained. And I can almost picture her coming back, and, okay, there's evidence here that she is with child. So there was no hiding this fact. And... Joseph had to wonder what was going on here. How was, you know, he knew he was not the father of this child. And this fear that he was facing of what was people going to think of him, were, were they going to be thinking that he kind of skipped the whole wedding and went about things prematurely? Was this something that they were going to think that, okay, obviously his, his family didn't choose the right kind of girl because she wasn't waiting for him and went outside the role of marriage? There was all this kind of like fear and what were people going to be thinking about Jesus? And 
how was he going to, you know, the right thing to do, according to the scriptures, were to not get, to not get married because it was not his child. It was not like this relationship was over. It was going to be ending in a divorce. But how was he going to be handling it? He kind of had two options. He could go about things publicly. He could bring about shame on Mary's life and flip her world upside down. This was the pain that was brought on him, and he was going to be, he had the option to publicly disgrace her, to humiliate her, to point out that it wasn't him who had done something wrong here. This was obviously Mary's doing. He didn't go outside of the bounds of marriage and start things prematurely. This was Mary's doing. If this would have been done publicly, any kind of finances that had been exchanged, well, the bride price would be coming back to him and he would be keeping the dowry. So financially, he had something to gain from doing this publicly. For his honor, this, again, he is in the line of King David. And he had a name and a reputation to withhold. But we see that Joseph was considering something different. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So instead of, you know, I guess to highlight Joseph here, he was faithful to the law. And so he was going to be honoring that, okay, this was going to end in a divorce. He was going to be faithful to that aspect of it. But something that was close to God's heart throughout the whole Old Testament and with all of the law was this idea of mercy. God had always had in mind mercy when it came to the law. It wasn't this rigid handedness. He was always providing a way for in the Old Testament, for people to be able to address their sins and to, to come clean before him. And he wanted his people to show mercy to one another. So this man, you know, he might not have been the father of Jesus, but man, he was, he was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was somebody that God was choosing to be the one that would eventually raise up Jesus. He was going to be a, a good father for, for Jesus. So we can see this, the, this righteous character about him. So the idea of going about things quietly, rather than doing this public escapade, it was something that was done between just one or and two or three witnesses. Money was not exchanged. It was just going to be over. Mary was still going to, you know, if he would have proceeded with this, Mary had some tough times ahead being uh, a single mother trying to raise 
this child and the, the shame of, of doing this outside of marriage. But once again, here we have the angel coming and having a message for Joseph. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. For Joseph, this was a big deal. This wasn't Jesus being, this baby being conceived by another man. This was a baby being conceived by God. And this was a son of God that was coming to save people from their sins. This was major news. And he probably held on to this and thought about it for years to come. So this message that the angel brought to Joseph, it's really highlighting that Joseph was going to have a role in this baby's life. He was being told to be the one to name the baby, a traditional role of the father to give the name. To give the name, he was being told what to name the baby, but he was going to have this role of the father. And Joseph being acknowledged as the son of David, it's not forgotten by God. There is still this idea that this king was going to come and was going to restore the honor of his family's line. And he was going to play the role of an adopted father of Jesus. And Jesus was going to be brought into this line of King David. So fear. Joseph would be thinking about how people would be treating, now not just Mary and the baby, but how they were going to be treating and how they were going to be thinking of Joseph, Mary, and the baby. They were all going to be in this together. And I know some here might have some birth stories that had some shame or not the, not the most <coughs> exciting or noteworthy or things that are just hard parts of your story. I appreciate how Jesus was also kind of born into that same story. There wasn't the truth to it, but still, Jesus would have been a part of this family story of being around something that some considered really shameful. And that's where I think is just another great thing about Jesus. He understands, he's, he's been around it, and he accepts all of us with this. So here we have Joseph. He was being given a choice to choose Jesus, to choose the story, and to be engaged with this redemptive story that God had for Mary 
and Jesus, and now Joseph was choosing, was going to be having a choice to, to be involved. So here we have in Matthew 23, when Joseph woke up, he did what the, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. And what a, you know, we see this tendency for this, you know, immediate action of obedience. And it was not this thoughtful weighing that he had with how to handle the, this, this divorce. This was, he was, again, quick to act here. So he woke up. You know, what time was this dream? How early in the morning? You know, this idea that he went to take Mary home to complete this second phase of the marriage. And, you know, probably going without some of the, the typical ceremony, it was just, all right, let's get this thing started. Let's bring this marriage to fruition. And it's this idea of choosing Jesus. And as much as I appreciate Joseph's role in this, and he was a righteous man, and he obeyed, he, he went beyond the shame that the fear of what people were going to be thinking of him. The really star that we have here in the story is Jesus. And I really want to highlight who Jesus is and, and what he had to bring to this. And when we compare both Joseph and Jesus together, yes, Joseph faced people misjudging his character. You know, he really did things out of order here. They would have thought that. But with Jesus, you also have people misjudging his character throughout his life. For Joseph, you had, he had to get over the feelings of portrayal when Mary was found to be pregnant. And Jesus also has, had to face betrayal. Why did I use that word? I can't say it. And rejection. He had to face rejection from his closest friends and countrymen. Joseph had to put aside his dreams for his life. And we have Jesus that forsook being in heaven to come to earth in a broken world. We had Joseph that was obedient when facing difficult, life-threatening situations when they had to flee to Egypt, when they had to leave Egypt and come back, when they had to just be on the run in all that sense of fear. But here we have Jesus that was obedient when facing his own death on the cross. Again, Jesus is the real, real star here. Joseph is good, but Jesus is even better. And I must say, when it comes to my own life, the idea that choosing Jesus, you know, I, I wrestled with that at times in my life. But I chose Jesus. In my story, I had, I had some real difficulties with Jesus. You know, it, it came about that as a child, I, I, I dealt with issues with going to the bathroom, and I had a lot of surgeries 
And that's not something that you really talk about. It's kind of shameful and embarrassing. So I didn't talk about those things, but I faced all of these challenges. And I grew up in a church that rightly highlighted the fact that Jesus had the power to heal. But as a kid, I wasn't being healed. And I struggled with that. I also struggled with sin in my life. And I kept it hidden and quiet. I had a role to perform. I was Joseph once. <laughs> but I tried to act like I had it all together. I was being a hypocrite. I was trying to live this righteous life when knowing that I had this sin, but I didn't want to talk about it. And I, what it ended up doing was that I had this, I didn't really like Jesus. He wasn't healing me, and he made me feel guilty. His life was righteous, and there was nothing that he had to hide or be afraid of or be ashamed of. He felt like that older brother that just always did things better. And maybe some of you here face some stories in your own past of either being disappointed with God, maybe you weren't healed, maybe there was an unanswered prayer, maybe there was something that, or someone that hurt you, And I want to say that in my own life, coming to grips with that, acknowledging that I did not like Jesus, confessing that, and realizing the good news of Jesus, that he knows my sin. He not only knew my sin, but he chose to come and die for me. He came to take away my sin. Not just take it away, but give me his righteousness. What good news. What hope that we have so that I can stand here forgiven, that I can stand here and say that my shame, my guilt, my embarrassing history with sin is set aside, is taken away, and that his righteous obedience to his heavenly Father is bestowed on me. <sighs> what good news. I'm not healed. I'm still wrestling with issues with going to the bathroom. But God, Emmanuel, is with me in it. He has been with me in multiple surgeries, embarrassing. Okay, I can't tell you why I'm not in school anymore. He was there with me. And he is there with me now. He's redeeming it. He is showing me his character, his love, his power. And I want to offer 
that good news that I have, if you find yourself wrestling with this idea of Jesus, if you have that hurt, if you're still wrestling with the shame or that disappointment with Jesus, I want to give you hope. Make this Christmas something where you are elated and so happy and thrilled to praise the name of Jesus. Please, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus over any fear that you may have. Choose Jesus over any disappointment that you have. He is worthy of that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I thank you for the gift that you have given to all of us this Christmas. A chance to stop and pause and to make sure that we are in a right relationship with you. Not because it's something that is in us that makes us worthy or that we have lived such a great life that you died for us. No, that if our shortcomings and failings are private or public, you have come to restore and to redeem us. You have come to put us into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it is you that move in the hearts of men that draw us to you. Help all of us to choose you, Jesus, over any shame, over any fear, 